Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Pelicans podcast. I am Joe Cardosi. Joined, as always, by my man, Mr. Jim Eichenhofer. And Jim, we got a fun one today. Uh, we got Mr. Gus Kattengell, the studio host of the Pelicans radio broadcast on WRNO 99.5. Uh, he and I have a long history together. Yeah, it's uh, it's always good talking with Gus. I mean, we're going to get into uh, kind of a broad overview of the way things have gone for the Pelicans through the first 10 games. Some of the reasons that we're frustrated that they aren't better than five and five. I feel like it's within like a fingernail of being seven and three, maybe eight and two. Yeah. I don't want to go over that Literal too much because I'm sure um, all the burns. fans, all the fans feel exactly the same way that there's been, it's been one play here, one play there, yes. but nonetheless um, overall, I mean, Willie Green likes to look at the season in 10 games. I guess I'll do that a little bit here now that we're through the first chop ten, it up. 10 games segment. Um, they're sixth in offensive Efficiency, 114.7 points per 100 possessions. They're 15th in defensive rating, 111.0 points given up for per 100 possessions. Um, you add those two, two things together in their eighth in net rating. So really, I don't want to bore people too much or get too in the weeds <laughs> yeah. with the stats, but um, to make a long story short, they're basically the eighth best team if, in the NBA if you look at it statistically. The teams that are ahead of them in that category are Cleveland, Phoenix, Milwaukee, Utah, Dallas, Toronto, and Boston. Which yeah, no I mean, bums. Right, exactly. Um, some of the best teams in the league, some of the teams that everyone expected were going to be good this year. Um, Milwaukee, obviously, is dominating. Yes. Um, so, Throwback it, to your gym rant, by the way. <laughs> if, so, so basically, I just feel like the Pelicans, they're doing a lot of things really well, and it's just a matter of, Obviously, it's just finishing. when they do them, yeah, it's basically sure. like the stats are great. It just seems like when those plays happen is what's the difference between 
wins and losses. Obviously, you know, free throws have been a problem. Uh, offensive rebounds have been a problem. It's just when those things happen seem to be crushing us. Yeah, and I'm not going to get into the clutch stats right now. I mean, maybe we'll get into that yeah. some other time. People people really like to look at that. It's a little early, I think, to read too much into that. But obviously, without even looking at them right now, I'm, they're not good. Right. As you mentioned, I mean, you could, if you broke down the stats into the first 45 minutes of games and then the last three minutes, I think the Pelicans would be even higher if you look at just the, yeah. before you really get into crunch time. So, but hopefully they'll be able to, to figure out a way to, to, to finish games better. Like you said, the free throw shooting is huge for that, but also just the execution and defensively um, in three different games, they gave up a basket that either sent the game to overtime or in the case of the Utah game, gave the jazz a one point win. So those are all areas that it's just a little bit better play a little bit better execution. And, and some of these losses hopefully will turn into wins. I feel positive because right now they are battle tested. They did it early, you know, and, and some of these games, you did see them claw it out and like try to fight and win these games and they didn't lay down. And a part of me feels like that's got to gnaw at them a little bit. They're going to want to win some of those games. And hopefully now when you get some of those heartbreakers out of the way early, you could be five and five early in the season. That's fine. Playing, you know, 510 games in, mm -hmm. they understand that pressure a little more and hopefully they can overcome it because yeah, I think that's the frustrating thing. Five and five isn't bad, especially compared to last season. But I think Pelicans fans and, and us too, it just feels frustrating seeing those games and seeing how close it was to your record being better. Uh, but we got another game tonight, got another game tomorrow. Let's get Mr. Gus Kattengale in here. He is the studio host for the Pelicans on the radio broadcast, and I can see him hovering outside the door. Let's get Gus in here now. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. 
This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Joining us on the Pelicans podcast, uh, you can hear him pre-game, halftime, post-game, on the Pelicans radio broadcast Studio host, my pal and yours, Mr. Gus Kattengell. How you doing, man? No one else could do the show today, huh? Is that why I'm, I'm on? I mean, pretty that, much. We had like yeah, four cancellations. <laughs> and, uh, Jim almost bailed on me, yeah. too. So I figured that, yeah, when, when you text me, hey, are you busy right yeah, now? What are you doing I'm, right now? Yeah, this very second. It's a good <laughs> yeah. thing I live down the street. No, man, it's great to be with you guys again. How <laughs> no, you doing? No, well, well, we're doing all right. I mean, obviously, the Pels have been going through some uh, some tough times. So uh, not that the wind is out of our sails, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's been a little humbling these past few games. And that's interesting and, and when you think about it, where we talked about it, uh, I almost say the last time I was in here, and obviously when we do pregame and post and all that, it's November 19th, and we're still not there, right? It's the 9th, so right. as we record this, 10 days from now would have been when the team won its third game last year. Yeah. You're already at 5-5. Five and five. So it's a whole different feeling and vibe when you look at the first 10-game stretch. Coach Willie Green obviously has said, we like to look at the game, the season in 10-game increments. So we'll do that you know, here. And when you do, it's a whole different dynamic and vibe and now set of problems. It's a different set of problems. Whereas last year, yes, you had injury with Zion. You didn't know what kind of team you were going to be. Remember when you started that one in 13, you had the infamous, hey, I'm going to go have a chat with B.I. It's now your team. That, that, that's a different thing now. That said, you've actually still had to deal with injury in these first 10 games. Yeah. And in these first 10 games, Jim, if I'd have told you Zion would miss a pair or so, B.I. would miss four, you know, you have Herb Jones missing games, mm-hmm. foul trouble Herb when he's actually healthy. Like If all of that was in the first 10 games, and three of the first nine were overtime in games that you actually had a chance to win in regulation. You'd have, you'd have taken it. You'd have taken yeah, it. So there's so many road games. Hundred percent, right? Mm-hmm. And when you take a look at, it, I know the graph brought it up. You know, he's not complaining. He gets to relax on the plane, but it's true. You, you've gone to the East Coast from Brooklyn when you started, and you've been out all the way to L.A. and play those teams out there. So you have literally crisscrossed the country in the first two weeks, and you're 500 in gym. You feel you should be better than 500. That's that's what I take. Yeah, I think it's an interesting combination of frustrating on one hand, but encouraging on the other. I think what you said is very true. If you if you didn't know any of the details, any of the specifics and hadn't watched any of the games and just big picture knew the the information about multiple guys missing the games, you'd say, okay, five and five. It's not bad. It's not great. As Joe mentioned, it's been a bunch of road games. It's been seven out of 10 road games. Um, but I think the the frustrating part is just watching the specifics of the games and seeing how many times they've had a chance to win mm-hmm. and it's turned into a loss. Um, statistically, they're in the top 10 of the NBA in a lot of different categories, including net rating, but obviously their record is a middle of the pack at 5-5, five and five, so it just feels like they're really close, and I guess this is the encouraging part of the equation that I bring up is you feel like 
you're just a couple plays away from being seven and three or eight and two and that kind of thing. And obviously this early in the season, um, a couple plays here and there can swing the, the one, one loss record dramatically. Um, but what's also encouraging is all of the home games that they have coming up. And mm -hmm. I mean, that's a priority. It's been a priority the last few years to have a big, bigger home court advantage. I think we've saw, we saw that in the first week of the season where you had packed uh, smoothie King center, um, so you add all those things up and I mean, you want to be better than five and five, but I also see that there's a pathway to starting to pick up more wins and putting yourself in a lot better position in the standings over the next few weeks. What I think is nuts as well is when you look at when we last sat here and discussed the possibility of what this team could be like the excitement, right? All the, it, it was, let's just see how the offense kind of flows. How does Zion kind of fit into it? We, mm -hmm. we had a lot more questions about the offense and what's interesting is, as we sit here 10 games in, the reason they've lost five games is their defense. Yeah, yeah. The offense really hasn't been an issue when you look at it. Even when it hasn't clicked or it looks fresh, it looks great, it's like we're sitting there, Joe, and doing the game back on Monday, and it was another slow start. It was sluggish, but by the time you look at the end of the game, B.I. is 29 Zion 26-27. Zion's looked really good the last couple yeah. of games. Yeah, you're starting to see him be aggressive, um, shooting the three, the teardrop. Like you're start, he's getting more comfortable. And I thought he he was honest. He's like, look, it was the first back to back last week. He hasn't played basketball in mm -hmm. a year. Yeah. So he's gonna get. You know, Joe, we haven't seen that many block shots, missed layups. He's dunking more. He's feeling better about it. So. It's odd because a month ago we're sitting here going, how is the offense going to work? That's mm -hmm. not the problem. Yeah. They're not defending, and they're not defending because of the energy. They're not defending just because of just getting out there and do it. I mean, again, different set of problems, you know? The last two games you have three players that record double-doubles. That's not Willie Green basketball. That's not Pelican basketball. So I'm confident if I'm a Pels fan, I love what I see on the offensive end, and I know those things are correctable. Playing with effort and energy, communicating, playing defensively, making sure only one person has a double-double, you know, 20-something threes by the Pacers. But it also is an NBA thing. You look around the Warriors, the Heat, there's a, the Nets, you have a lot of teams below 500. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the Lakers are 2-1-8. So, I mean, it, so I, I, I go back to what we talked about early. The three-point shot is going to muddy up rankings and standings it mm -hmm. just is because yeah. on any given night a bad team can get hot from beyond the arc and make your night tougher or beat you period yeah it's kind of uh people have talked about this in the with the ncaa tournament that when you go through and you try to find like what who are some of the teams that are the most dangerous it's a lot of times it's the teams that take a lot of threes mm -hmm. because their variance in one game is pretty drastic. They might have a night where they don't make anything, but they might have a night where they're on fire and they can knock off a number one seed. I think we're seeing that in the NBA where, you know, from, from game to game, it's impossible, impossible to predict how a specific team is going to shoot threes. So you are seeing, I think, more – it's more difficult to predict in one specific game who's going to win or who's going to excel just from yeah. that big factor. I mean – you go back a bunch of years and maybe a quarter of the shots in the NBA or maybe even less than that were three-pointers. Now you're seeing a lot of teams that almost take half or maybe even more some nights of their shots from the three-point arc. You run into a team like the Pacers who are 22 for 48 from three-point range. Incredible. and It's it's a, it's obviously a, it's a massive change and impact on that game. Now, another thing, too, I was going to mention, 
you, you were talking about the defense. The Pelicans, just from that one game, went from 10th to 15th mm-hmm. in defensive efficiency yep. in the rankings. So, I mean, I know it's early in the season, and sometimes you'll see a team move up or down a bunch of spots because, you know, the s- sample size is so small. But, I mean, that was just a, that was a, a, a pretty, in, you know, in a negative way, a eye-opening night for the Pelicans. I think Willie Green talked about this as well as this. It's something that they got to focus on and they got to get better in that area. You can't give up as many open threes as they did, and you – Going even back from that, you can't allow the defense, the penetration offensively, mm-hmm. guys getting beat off the dribble that are setting up all these open shots. Joe, I think I could still hear Graf saying, "You can't leave Halliburton open." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can't leave hear. him alone. Yeah, yeah. No, still heard that. Anymore. You know, and and that's things like Zion's defense obviously has been a problem. I think having Herb out for a few games, you know, pretty much hurt you know hurt us a little bit. Mm-hmm. We have defenders. We have proven defenders mm-hmm. on the team. It's the same squad. It just seems like sort of what you said, coming out flat, uh, coming out with a with a lack of effort. Those games where the Pelicans either didn't trail or where they won handily, the Pelicans put them in a hole early. Lately, it just seems like until the the end of the first half, we just cannot get it going. It's it seems like we're we're sleepwalking. So I've been thinking bit. about this right as to what is the issue. And again, you'll take five hundred, and when you look at those games, you think you should be above five hundred. Mm-hmm. So that's something that you do take solace in. Yeah. That you you should have won more games to the point that you were talking about with the three-point shot. Some dude named Matt Ryan, some guy the fourth or something, in the Laker yeah, loss hits three. Names, you know? No, but that's what I'm saying, right? I mean, that 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 that's what I'm getting at. Like you lost because some guys you decided to make play. some threes yeah. that night. But that's my point. That's why I say the threes is a thing. But you're not in that position if you defend it. You're not in that position if you communicate. And you go out there and you realize, man, Antonio Daniels on the television broadcast is yelling. You have to defend on top. You defend the line. They have to shoot a three-pointer, right? Mm -hmm. So those are things you can correct. But what's interesting is I've been thinking the last couple days and going into our pregame tonight, Joe, is what is the problem? Why is it that I can hear the graph first time out in the first quarter going, here we go again, the the energy, it's another, it's a 7-0 start by the other team. It's 7-0, it's 9-2. And it's a different problem that Willie Green now has. This time last year, you were in that time span where you were 1-13. You were trying to figure out who you were. One of your key players you thought was going to play isn't. He's likely not coming back. You have to convince the guys that you have. You're going to win with the team you have. So... He, last year, Willie Green, had to build confidence and belief in a winning way so they can win. And eventually you started seeing, Jim, they, we would joke about it. Who's going to break a three-point record against the Pels? This Mm -hmm. isn't very long ago where the Bulls set a franchise record for threes. The Mm -hmm. Mavericks set, I mean, in in consecutive games, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you Mm -hmm. played the Pels, you were going to knock down threes Mm -hmm. by the end of the season. We were defending the perimeter. Sure. Teams were not shooting nearly as good. So when they made their way into the play-in and made that push, they were a very good defensive team. So, again, I know if I'm a Pels fan right now, I'm going, "What? that's fixable. He's done it already. They know how to fix that. That's easily fixed as opposed to not having talent. His problem this year is an overconfidence problem. It's the old proverbial saying, right? Um, flipping the switch. Flipping the switch. This team knows the Zion said it on Monday. 
We know we have the talent, but we have to go out there and go play and, and, and provide it. Willie Green, Monday. We can't just roll the ball on the court and expect to win. We have to compete. I think he's seeing some guys that say, hey, you know, we can come back. It's no big deal. We, we'll, we'll make the run. We'll win it at the end. That isn't said unless the team feels confident to do that. The problem is there's an overconfidence problem. So you played with a chip on your shoulder because you were trying to earn respect. You were trying to earn a playoff seed. You were trying to show that you're better than what you are. It's why we love that playoff series against the Suns. We played the number one seed in the Western Conference with zero fear. Yeah. Almost disrespectfully. Like, I don't care who you are. You're CP me, not CP3. Like, Jose Alvarado, Herb Jones not being offered the hand and and, and not letting Chris Paul pick him up. It was almost a disrespectful, I don't care who you are. And this year, what they have to realize is you're the team that teams want to prove that they can beat Mm -hmm. and they can play. So I I think you have a lot of young guys that they're trying to prove it as well. I mean, every team that we've played, Jim – has a storyline like that, right? When you look at Indiana, sure. Miles Turner and Buddy Heald are begging LA to trade for him. I mean, they are. <laughs> Miles is even going on Woj's That's podcast. That's what I'm saying. So they're like, board. please. Yeah. So you know they want to perform. You don't sure. think LeBron saw 37 against the Pels? Like, yeah. that guy could help us and all mm-hmm. that? Meanwhile, the Pacers are winning and they're doing well. Utah, same thing. Hey, you know, we're going to whatever. Well, they're playing well. They're on top of the Western Conference standing. So you're playing teams that have guys that are looking to prove themselves and their worth. And it's changed maybe uh, uh, for sure the Jazz's approach. Like, I'm like, okay, you, you're not even tanking. I mean, because yeah. you have a good team. So what the Pels need to realize is when they take to the court, it doesn't matter. Look, you don't think having healthy guys back matters? The Portland Trailblazers are night and day. Why? Some dude named Dame time. We're going to see him on Thursday. Yep. So you have to play every single night as hard as you can because if not, you will lose in today's NBA. It's something yeah. Todd and I have talked about. I, th- I think that a lot of the energy difference, you know, look, you look at last year and a lot of the guys that are now performing or expected to perform this year were new. You look at Jose Alvarado, who was a two-way guy last year, proved himself. You look at uh, Trey Murphy, who got sent to the G League, you know, back and forth. Mm-hmm. Now he's expected to perform. Herb Jones, another guy, second-round pick, overperformed. He is now expected to perform as a starter, night mm-hmm. in and night out. So there, there are heightened expectations, and then when you look at the Pelicans, you know, I'm not going to say they were the lowly Pelicans before, but I don't think they were on many teams' calendars. Now there's some buzz about the Pelicans, and there's a little bit about when, when opponents do see the Pelicans on their calendar, they're going, oh, the young upstarts, we'll see. Yeah. You know, and, and especially those teams, like you said, like the Jazz and, and like the Pacers, these supposedly bad teams who have a lot of pieces together that are playing for pride. It's a dangerous combination. Yeah, and I think the tone last season, especially when you start the way that they did, where you're one and twelve and three and sixteen, there was kind of a desperation to the way that they played because they knew if we don't put together a bunch of wins, our season will be ending on April yes. 10th. There will not be a play-in tournament. There will not be a postseason appearance whatsoever. We're going to go into the off season in the summer saying we had a disappointing year. We didn't achieve any of our goals or even come close to achieving them. So somehow they need to tap into that kind of mindset. And, and and I will say, like, if you look at the standings and you continue to play the way that they're playing where it's like win, win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game, and you're hovering around 500, 
you're going to put yourself in a position where you don't have a choice to have to, but to have that kind of desperate yeah, mentality especially in the West. Right there. I mean, there's so many good teams. Um, so hopefully they can, you know, like I, I keep going back to the stretch of home games where they have like 12 out of 15 mm-hmm. at home between starting Thursday all the way through kind of mid December where they have to get, get some separation between themselves and the 500 mark so that they have a better chance to move up. You don't want to be in a position later in the season or as we get closer to the middle part where you're saying like, man, we really need to get some wins to avoid either, you know, avoid the playing tournament or avoid being kind of a lower tier uh, playing team. And playing desperate will wear you out towards right, the end. Right, for you know, sure. You have to. Absolutely. Yeah. And maybe that happened a little bit at the end of the Phoenix series where they were just I thought the drained. lights just went out. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I think it'll be interesting, too, to see how you respond, right? This is sort of the first little – I think that word sometimes gets used a lot, but it, it is. It's adversity, right? It's the you're not playing as well as you can. And then, again, it's not like you're, you know, um, three and seven or something. Mm-hmm. But still, you, you – it is. It's that sense. Well, it's that the potential of some of those better. wins. How close right, some of those right. losses were. Right. It, just, right. it feels disappointing. It's a bad taste mm-hmm. right. in your mouth. It does. Yeah. It feels disappointing. They feel like you know, like you have more losses than you do, which is a good problem to have because now you're going to show what your medal is early. And and what I mean by that is you don't almost have to almost overcome and do it all yourself too. That's the beauty of it, Jim. We talked about it a month ago. This team has depth, so. Mm-hmm. And, and Zion said it. it. It's on the starters. You know, yeah. the starters have to go out there and do it because we're getting the the push of energy when Alvarado comes in, when Larry Nance comes in, when the bench comes in. So it's on those starters. And I understand they haven't played many games together, but it's on them to get out there and do those things. So I'm interested to see what happens over the next couple of games if they get back to that because if they do – you mentioned it. First two games of the year, you led wire to wire, minute to minute. It just seems like it's hard for the starters to all get going at the same time. You know, if CJ's having a bad night, maybe Zion's having a good night. BI's having an off half, then maybe, you know, Jonas is having a good mm-hmm. It just never seems like we can get just all of our starters kind of going at the same time. It seems like it's streaky. You know, someone yeah. has a, a good fourth quarter when they couldn't get going quite before or it, it just seems like we cannot get them all on the same page. I mean, when you look at our starters, once you do get them all on the same page, once they can get going in that way, and hopefully the home crowd uh, will help, I still feel like they're a very, very dangerous squad. Yeah, I think that goes to how I think internally, and you've heard this in media sessions a million times, the players have said a bunch, we know we can score, we know we have a, a great offensive team. And even with some of the issues that you just laid out where it doesn't seem like all of the main guys are clicking at the same time. And, you know, CJ McCollum, for example, is off to a slow shooting start yeah. to his season, which, I mean, if you look at the the course of his whole career, this is an anomaly, the way that he started so far. I, I'm sure he's going to start getting hot and he's going to pick it up. And it's worth mentioning that he does still have a messed up finger as well, yeah. like a shooting hand. Sure. So that, that right. may be part of it. And, and they're still sixth in offense, even with all of the stuff yeah. that we said. So, I mean, if they do kick it into gear, I mean, who knows? They could be top three, maybe even the best offense in the NBA statistically. But defense just being middle of the pack so far is definitely – been the thing that needs to be corrected. The other thing I'd love to throw to you guys out here real quick, especially since you you love, uh, you know, just looking at numbers and being able to look at different Jim, things the too. Mathematician. Yes, the mathematician. <laughs> you know, what, what's interesting when I look at 
with the NBA and, and just the standings and, and where you are. Again, it's not just the Pels. You you have a lot of teams that should be, you know, have more wins and all that. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about it could be more of a competitive thing. Like we said, a lot of these guys have three-point shooters now. Teams, even when I remember filled in for the graph and looked at the Pistons, there were 29th three-point shooting, and they went out and got three-point shoot. They will just jack up shots, you know, mm-hmm. 30, 40 threes and hope that a couple of them land. But, look, other than Milwaukee, in you – I mean, Philly, right? That's a team that should be sort of better and all that. Mm-hmm. I just wonder, too, especially with the Pels, it, it it seems like the season's starting earlier and earlier. And, again, I'm not saying it's an, it's an excuse, but I wonder if it's just hard for some of these guys to be like, okay, it's time to go grind every day. Because we just talked about for you know 20 minutes that you have to go play hard every night. If not, you're going to lose in today's NBA. It just is. But – we just got into November. Yeah. So you have these long seasons that go into it. The Pels had these players working out. And again, it's a good thing, but they never left the gym. They were good. And I, you like that. And now it's basically, we're talking in November, you have to come out every night and play like it's almost February, March. If not, you're going to be left behind. Well, and yeah. I just wonder if that's an element, Jim, where the season's starting earlier. It used to be Halloween. Now it's second week of October, your preseason games, I mean, camps in September. I just wonder, and I understand you're trying to space out back-to-backs, but Mm -hmm. by starting the season now a month earlier than where we were five years ago, I just wonder if the guys just aren't going yet. You know, I just, I don't know if that's a thing or yeah. not. Well, it's, Jim, you mentioned already that the, the standings are sort of upside down, mm-hmm. right? you know, like, and, and so it, it does seem sort of like it is early and a lot of teams might still be figuring it out. Pelicans included, but I mean, it's a thing you've mentioned, Jim, you know, the standings are sort of flip-flopped right yeah, now. Yeah, they are. And I mean, to Gus's point, it, it, it's kind of, there's two sides of the coin because I think, if you talk to pretty much everybody and they gave you the, an honest answer, coaches, players, you name it, they would say they're happy that the preseason is a lot shorter than it used to be. I mean, they basically cut like a week off of preseason Ditto, in, ter- in terms of training camp and that kind of thing. But it, it is, and I don't know the answer to this, but I mean, it is interesting to wonder if the, there's a little bit less preparation time in terms of preseason games and training camp being shorter, if that does affect teams coming out of the gate. Um, you add in, you know, you have teams that are resting guys more than they used to in the past. There's a little bit less urgency, I think, from that standpoint in terms of the regular season's 82 games, so you're not going to go right. full out right away. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. There, there are a lot of teams that are having different issues. And then One, you add the travel, like I said. It's just, I'm, I'm just, yeah. I, I'm, it's not an excuse. I, I get mm-hmm. it. You want to play hard, and it's easy for fans, and it's easy for, you know personalities or radio hosts and be like, man, you got to go out there and play your heart every day. I, I hear you. I just, I, I know after like the, this past weekend, I woke up Tuesday. I'm like, I am tired and I don't do anything but tell hung- you welcome yeah. back to Pelicans basketball. It's easy for yeah. hungover guys to yell from a chair that yeah, people should I, be playing. So, you know, and that's just it. I mean, look, I mean, I, I know a little bit more just because we get texts from the graph on the plane, just yeah. landed. It's 1am get into the hotel. Like, I, I can get that. And like I said, it's just it's just something that I know a lot of people can't grasp or understand sometimes unless you've done it. And, you know, it sounds silly that just getting on an airplane, getting on a bus, getting to your room can be tiring when it's 
consistent and it happens a lot, it can be. Yeah, I just people who I are just, parents understand to, yeah. that. Try not sleeping for a while. Yeah. You feel terrible. No, I mean, it's just or, or just not, not a routine. Yeah. When you're sleeping at different hours, you're playing at different hours, and that's what we're talking about. You've gone from East Coast Eastern Standard Time yeah, a lot to of time, West Coast time, time yeah. to Mountain Time to uh, Central Time. I mean, that's a lot of different times. I think you could say this for a bunch of teams in the NBA, but also specifically for the Pelicans. I think that the next few weeks of the season are going to be really interesting because we'll see what direction things go. I, I think we've already seen a little bit of, for the Spurs mm-hmm. example, they started off the season and everybody's like, oh my goodness, look at how great they are. But they've kind of taken a big step back. Yeah. And I'm curious to see how things settle, like say by Thanksgiving sure. with some of these teams. Some of the teams that maybe through 10 games are struggling, are they going to pick it up and all of a sudden we're going to be like, eh, we had nothing to worry about when we were <laughs> right. a little concerned after the first two or three weeks of the season and vice versa with some of the teams that are off to great starts, whether they can sustain that. So that, that'll be, I think, the main thing they'll be paying attention yeah to. look we mentioned last season we were one in what one in 13 yep. and we ended up uh, with, a, with a pretty good season so as panicked as we are now it's only because our expectations have risen and i think it's a it's a decent problem to have gus i'm going to be seeing plenty of you starting tonight we're going to be in studio together uh for the bulls game and uh again again back to back tomorrow for the trailblazers so uh bring bring some pjs let's just camp out man just want to stay there the entire <laughs> yeah, night that'll be it. fine i'm sure um <laughs> look i'm with jim it's going to be interesting to see here because you're going to be home what do you say 12 or 15 or something like that it's, yeah i believe so this yeah. is why i talked to him because now i know i was just all excited i know there's six straight but 12 yeah. or 15 makes it even better but to your point, I, I think it's it's we'll, we'll see them, you know, play better. And again, all of these things are correctable. That's the beauty of it. We're not sitting there going, yeah. where's the three-point shooting going to come We're in from? the toilet. Yeah. Is Zion ever going to score above 20 no, points? We're a little I mean, spoiled. It feels good. No, I like again, it's it's a different level of expectation and it's a different challenge for Willie Green how to get his guys to play hard for 48 minutes yeah. instead of can we play well enough to win? Yeah, do we have That's the a, guys, period? Right. Yeah. It's yeah. a different thing. So you're five and five, and uh, let's see what happens the next time you guys invite me over here or somebody cancels. Hey, that was a lot of fun. Always good to have the goose in here, Mr. Gus Kattengill, graciously joining the podcast. Jim, uh, again, it's going to be a, a busy week. We got another back-to-back upon us beginning tonight with the Bulls and then uh, on to the Trailblazers. Yeah, we're looking at three games in four nights, another back-to-back. It's very odd that you would have a long, another multi-game road trip that segues immediately into a back-to-back where yeah. you're at home. I I feel like the players and coaches have to be at the point where they're like, who did we make angry in the league what office to, to, me? to have the way that this uh, schedule started? But they, they are going to get a little bit of a break in terms of after Saturday's game home against Houston. They have a couple days before Memphis comes in here. But that also goes into another back-to-back. I don't want to keep um, yeah. on that subject. What's but, going on? But, yeah, it, it's going to be um, – it'll be interesting to see how the Pelicans do. Um, as you know, today is Western Conference Wednesday. It is. And so I wanted to briefly talk about a couple of the games tonight that I think are interesting and most notable. At 7 o'clock, you have Phoenix at Minnesota. The Suns are off to a really good start. People, There was a little bit of doom and gloom and – people projecting their demise that hasn't happened. Um, the Timberwolves, have, I think, have had a disappointing, frustrating start, so I'm curious to see 
how that game goes. I think Minnesota has a lot to prove. Yeah. And the other game tonight that I think will be interesting to Pelicans fans that almost goes without saying at this point because every Lakers game you could put into this ca- into this category. But at nine o'clock on ESPN, maybe you can check this game out a little bit after the Pels wrap up around that time. Uh, the Lakers are playing against the Clippers. I was yeah. going to say a road game for the Lakers, but it's obviously battle of LA. in their same arena. So that'll be uh, that'll be another one to watch. The Lakers are two and eight. Obviously, everyone in New Orleans hopes that that trend continues. Yep. It's interesting that after the Lakers started out, I believe it was zero and five. They beat Denver, then they beat the Pelicans. <laughs> in Sorry, I hate to I bring don't like it, to hear I, about I hate it. to bring that up again. But you know there were after that game against the Pelicans on the daily debate shows and yelling shows. There was, <laughs> yeah, I saw a couple, so many of them. I saw a couple lines at the bottom that said like, have the Lakers turned a corner. I and knew it was coming. I refused to watch them <laughs> like the day after I was like, have they figured I, it out? Now I, to be clear, I was not watching them, but we have a big TV up in the area by where we work that has, that's always muted. And so sometimes <laughs> you turn around and you see something that just makes you yeah. want to run into hit your head into a wall. But anyways, they've lost every game since then. So, um, for draft pick reasons and 2023 lottery Just reasons. Just pure joy reasons. Well, that too, too that too. Um, you know, the Clippers will be looking to hand the Lakers another defeat tonight. And so uh, those are the two games I'm looking at besides the, the Pelicans tonight in Western Conference. The Pelicans and the Bulls tip off tonight at 7 p.m. So check it out on Bally Sports or on the radio at WRNO 99.5 FM. And then again, tomorrow we're back home, Portland Trailblazers, 7 o'clock tip. So get in that number if you haven't already. The podcast is presented, as always, by SeatGeek. So thank you to them. Joe Cardosi at JCar504 on Twitter. Jim Eichenhofer at Jim underscore Eichenhofer on Twitter. Get at us, and we will see you again soon. Until then, go Pels. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on Pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. 
If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.